Hey everyone, on this episode, we're gonna be talking about sustainable growth, balancing expansion with quality service. This is Brad Larson, founder of the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group with over 1,200 hand-picked members, contributing more posts and responses than any other organized property management focus group around. I'm also the owner of RentWorks Property Management in San Antonio and Austin, managing over 1,000 plus homes and your faithful podcast host contributing to the industry of the property management world with podcasting for over seven years. That's a that's a lot to say in one little sentence. I actually actually draw it up and read it, make sure I don't forget anything. So a word of the new format, if you remember, uh, we're going to be taking questions reviewed on this podcast, posted to the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group. And so what I would encourage you to do is make comments on there in the group, because we're gonna be handpicking those and reviewing them here on the podcast. So it makes for a neat little, uh, we're going to basically pull contributions from that page, discuss them here, and publish them for even more discussion and learning points. So as the title said, sustainable growth, balancing expansion with quality service. What does sustainable growth mean? Is it 5,000 homes a year? Is it five a year? Uh, In this episode, what we want to do is dive into the challenge of balancing rapid expansion with maintaining a high quality level of service. And so quick little caveat, uh, everyone's gonna debate what uh, kind of service levels they want to provide, a pod structure, a uh, portfolio structure, a hybrid, a one person does everything. Uh, And I remember Bob uh, from our Australian uh, faction, Bob Walters, and he always said it best because people would ask him, what's the best structure on a management company? And all those above, we just talked about the pod, the squads, whatever you want to call them. And he said very distinctly for 30 some years, whatever it takes to delight your client. And of course, he said it much better in an Australian accent because he's Australian. But the Australians do a little bit different on the property management world. I would almost question them to say or state to say that they do it better in a lot of different ways because their their laws are so much more tenant friendly that they have to provide a better level of service, which is why they're also uh, selling at a higher multiple than management companies here in the States. That aside, it's just kind of a quick little side event of going into sustainable growth and what that means. So another quick update to give you guys. Last episode, I said there were 22 property management consultants in the PM world. Well, I've been corrected, there's actually 29. So there are now 29 property management consultants that we know of and can count up. And yes, I am one of them. Okay, and I wanna give you a quick story on that because when I first started to the podcast world seven plus years ago speaking, uh, I started the Property Management Mastermind Conference and we were getting a lot of, hey man, can I buy you lunch and pick your brain? Which means they want all the advice they want from me for free. And so, all right, I need to put up a barrier of this. And what I started to do was charge 500 bucks an hour for someone to talk with me. And I typically would give them two hours and two phone calls. So it's not actually 500 an hour, but I over delivered and, and under promised, let's say, and over delivered. And that way they got a lot out of it. And then that turned into the RentWorks Mastermind, which we do on a continuous basis. And I'll talk more about that as we go through the episode. But back to that, I mean, yes, technically I'm a consultant, okay, because I would, you could engage with me for X an hour and I'll give you a couple phone calls and I'll give you everything you need to be successful. And I want to make sure you're, you're, uh, you're, you're set up for a good path. And there's a difference between consultants and coaches. And it's kind of a gray area. Consultants could be 
uh, engage for a flat fee. They could be engaged on an hourly basis. And essentially what they want to do is they want to come in and drop everything on you and help you along the way and kind of give you a push downhill. So where you have to kind of steer going downhill the rest of the way, a coach, uh, you know, like very, let, let's say like a high school coach or a college coach in a sport is they're there for the duration. They want to charge you or need to charge you X per uh, session for 12 years, 12 months, 12 days, whatever it's going to be. And so they may not give you everything up front. Consultants tend to give you everything up front. Coaches tend to kind of drag you out. And I'm not saying that in a disparaging way. It's not like, give me the bottom line, let me figure it out, which you might need. Coaching is more like, what are you doing today? Okay, this is what, you, what I want you to focus on tomorrow. So for next week's call, at an additional cost, we're going to focus on this, this, and this. So interesting update on the, on the property management world as far as consultancies. What we're seeing is a lot of people that may have never owned a property management company, owned one for five minutes, had 50 doors, and now all of a sudden they're you know experts. And take it for what it's worth, when you're out there looking for uh, a, a path to learn, I would encourage you to take a look at the RentWorks Mastermind in addition to or in lieu of any conferences that are out there. There's lots of industry conferences in and around our property management space. Some are more uh, better than others. And so if you're looking at a annual budget going to this year or next year, look at that and say, you know what, if we spend this, we're going to get so much more out of going to a mastermind session like that, where we're getting a ton of deliverables versus going to a conference where you might pick up one nugget. Okay. That's my soapbox for the day on the RentWorks Mastermind. Now, how can property managers balance growth with quality? So we started with reiterating some of the things we talked about in other episodes is value proposition. So if you ask for cheap fees, you get cheap owners. And if your value proposition doesn't get, uh, get you to the point of you're getting really good quality owners, clients, then it's very difficult to balance the growth with quality. I mean, you can quickly... For example, let's go both spectrums of this. If you wanted to charge $10 a year for property management services, you could probably get a ton of clients. And all of them will be the bottom barrel seeking lowest cost solution they can actually get. And what you're going to get is the slumlords. You're going to get those class C landlords that uh, we've railed upon for years and years. That's a very common term, class C landlord. And they're going to hire you. Now, on the other side of that, let's say you charge, I don't know, 500 bucks a minute for every time you do something. And now you're charging, you're only going to get owner. Well, you're not, you're not going to get any owners. Okay. So it's, it's kind of a fine line, but uh, that's the first part of the value proposition is it starts with what do you do? What are the, the features and the benefits? And then what do you charge? And that ties right into the balance growth with quality because it's, Again, if you could add 500 homes in a minute, your quality would be absolutely crap and your churn would be 80%. You see, I'm just trying to kind of draw that out for you. And it goes from there, it goes into staffing, finding the right staff that fit into the roles. We're big fans of EOS. We're going to talk about that quite a bit through these podcasts. And then, of course, choosing the right properties and owners is a big part. One of the things we've always said is we can manage any home for the right owner. So if that home is sitting on a railroad track and is a crack house, the right owner, you can manage them. They're willing to put money into it. They're willing to do whatever it takes to rent the property to a quality tenant. You can only fix location to a certain extent, but if the owner is willing to price it correctly and put money into the property and make repairs 
you can manage that property. You can still get that property rented and you can still find a quality tenant for that property for the right owner. On the other side of that, if you're choosing properties that are super nice, but the owners are absolutely dirt bags and do not want to do any sort of maintenance. Hey, Mr. Owner, we have an air conditioning repair. Just tell them to buy a fan. I'm not paying anything for air conditioning. Screw those tenants. That's not the right owner. And so it's always going to be that kind of a balance as well to find the, the growth and the quality inside of that. So as mentioned, we are going to be taking certain tidbits out of contributions from the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group. And here's one from H1 Kwan, who's a top contributor, and he, he puts in quite a few comments, and I, I really appreciate him. Now, he just did this a few days ago, and he had a 324 post reach and had 10 comments. I'm just going to take a couple uh, snippets. What type of homes do you find best to manage and why? For example, two-bedroom, two-bath condo downtown with high rent, low maintenance, easy to fill, or four-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath home in suburb, high rent, long-term tenancy, et cetera? Great question because that fits into a lot of the quality versus quantity type of a uh, quandary that, you, you know, the three Qs uh, it kind of ties right into that because, but what we have done here at RentWorks, for example, I'm trying to make an actual case study here. When we first started, we had a lower fee structure. We had a three tiered flat fee tier structure, which pushed us into the upper echelon of homes under management. So we were getting the higher level homes to manage. And, you know, we've gone away from that for several different reasons. But what one of the side effects of potentially charging less is you're getting to handpick the homes you want to work with. Now, I'm not advocating for being bottom of the barrel, charging less. I'm advocating for you to find a way to differentiate yourselves from the competition outside of price. So the kind of ideal home that you want may be that upper end, four bedroom, two and a half bath home in the suburb, et cetera, et cetera, like, like he mentions. And the side effect of that inadvertently is you also get the very spoiled type of a tenant, the privileged type of a tenant, the entitled type of a tenant that thinks I'm paying you two grand a month or 2,500 a month. When I say junk, you say how high? If I have a maintenance request, you need to get out there tomorrow, yesterday, and fix it because that's that's what I'm paying. I'm paying $2,500 a month in rent. And they're not the folks that are like over the top wealthy, where you might have folks that are in four or five or $8,000 a month in rent, and they understand that things don't move at rocket pace. They understand that things have a, take a certain time, or they may not even bother you with maintenance requests. If there's an air conditioning issue in July and you have a high-end tenant, they may not even call you. They might call somebody else and just get it fixed. So there's there's a little bit of that. The other side of that is a two-bedroom, two-bath condo concept. Uh, Nicole Kaiser said, I hate condos with a passion. Such a pain working with HOAs to get tenants set up. I do manage a ton of condos, though, and we'll be seeing a lot of competition from new apartment complexes. I love SA, SFH the best, single-family homes. Now, she's in a military town. And so she makes the case of the HOAs being a huge roadblock to making any sort of decent progress in management. And maybe you don't want to manage HOAs, or excuse me, condos because of the HOAs, because there's really no way to manage. Uh, I'm trying to give you a better example. There's no way to put signs up, for example. The showings can be a pain because maybe there's a second or third entry into that particular complex. And even some of these condos go so far as to having to approve your applicant, meaning that I got an applicant, we've approved them, 
Now you have to go to some HOA board to get that applicant approved to put them into the condo. And they only take certain amount, uh, a certain amount of renters in each condo association. And so you could run into that where uh, it just gets really messy. Okay, let's imagine a repair and it affects the, the condo below you. Now you have to deal with a condo below you repair. So I, I get the point. Um, we manage a few condos, I'm sure. There's somebody in the portfolio that has something that we do manage, but it, it may not be your particular your, your niche. And I would encourage you to try to focus on the type of homes you want to manage or the types of owners. But because again, it really is dependent on the owner or the home that that condo could be managed by a fantastic owner. And that owner is willing to do whatever it takes. They might be willing to go to the HOA board. Uh, they can be willing to make repairs. They can be willing to assist with showings, etc. They They give you all the codes you need. On the other side of that, it'd be really nice to have a whole portfolio of those four bedroom suburb type single family homes. So that's the point is you potentially may want to look at what you're managing and see where you can improve that in the quality side, because that's going to improve how you manage if you're, if you have a consistent type of a management base. Okay. Now we, we switch gears into something else. Another big question to answer is what strategies ensure service quality during expansion? And I touched on a couple of these and actually threw down you know, a few points. And the first one is KPIs. And that goes into net promoter scores. So KPIs, so key performance indicators, net promoter scores is a method to do surveys. And they're both very complicated to a certain extent. I mean, a lot complicated. So I look at Tony LeBlanc's post from February 1st, and he has some pretty good, uh, you know, reach in this. He had 20 some comments, 333 post reach. And that was just in a few days of being out there. And he talks about to property manager KPIs, a Tony LeBlanc, uh, a hot topic with a lot of PM companies out there. Ours being no different. We're always learning and adapting, trying to be better. Q4 of last year had one of our biggest targets in a long time, re-engineering all of our individual property manager KPIs and bonus packages. Already the results have been game changing. Each of the six PMs has their own individual dashboard that reports on their five KPIs to include vacancy rate, support tickets, maintenance tickets, property performance reviews, and owner NPS score. Accountability has skyrocketed. Great post by Tony. And he's also in the consulting world, and I respect him quite a bit. We've done a podcast way, way back in the day together. He's in Canada, so you can make fun of him for that. That's pretty easy. Um, he was in the socialist uh, Canadian government up there. God bless Trudeau. He's doing an awesome job. Fist pump, ha ha. So back to that, some of the comments that were tying into it were pretty good. And I think that you should take a look at th those types of issues where uh, I'm going to read some further comments. David Harmon, I just started a business in Charleston, South Carolina. I was wondering what would be the best way to get new properties to manage. I'm very green at this. And some great comments in there. Networking opportunity in Charleston, for example. Kudos to them. Consider the help of a franchise. Not a bad idea. Several Facebook groups and even going to BNI, making sure your website has a five-star review and getting started in that, making sure your reviews are spot on. And you even went so far as uh, talking about a property meld, I guess it's a mini series, talking about maintenance and learning about the maintenance side in the PM world. All of those great networking opportunities are one way to learn further about this. 
and all contributed from the Property Management Mastermind Facebook group. So kudos to those people that putting on those posts, commenting, because this is how we learn. It's the mastermind concept. And I appreciate those comments in there. So to close out this episode, I want to talk about one thing. Uh, inside of that mastermind event that was putting on by Property Meld, the BizDev Mastermind is another good source to seek out some of those growth accelerator challenges. And Brian and Stephanie Hughes do a great job in putting that on. And so to close this out, I want to uh, remind you to join us for the RentWorks Mastermind in 2024. We have two dates announced with the first one happening in May, the second one in December. These are limited events with only eight spots available for each date. Our first event was sold out and the participants raved about their experience. You can see all those reviews on our website. We deliver the entire playbook of starting, growing, and running a successful property management company. Visit rwmastermind.com to learn more and sign up. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll check you on the next episode. Take care.